can't tell if the chemistry is good by looking at it. It wasn't clear yesterday. For the last time, the saltwater pool is a chlorine pool. This is the Talking Pools podcast with pool pros from every region in the country. If it happens in a pool, you'll hear about it here. Everything from tips and hacks to the latest tricks and trends, breaking news. We lay it on the line. We tell it like it is because we think you deserve to know. Perfect Max from Natural Chemistry is the premier weekly maintenance product for all pools. This 3-in-1 technology enhances clarity, maximizes pool program efficiency, and prevents problems. Take every pool care program to the max with Pool Perfect Max. Whether training a new employee or enhancing your own knowledge, Natural Chemistry offers a comprehensive online training program that covers everything from basic water chemistry to maximizing efficiency and troubleshooting. Visit www.ncprotraining.com today. Well, I found this really good Jamaican restaurant, um, little cafe, and I got a sandwich from there today. It's delicious. I love Jamaican food. Is it like legit, like run by people from Jamaica or is it a wannabe place? Yes. No, it is legit. And they serve, and the sandwich came on cocoa bread, which oh, it was so good. But what delicious. was it? You're leaving that the sandwich? out. sandwich? Yeah. Oh, well, it, they called it a Jamaican grilled cheese. So it had a chicken breast cheese, obviously, bacon, and some kind of sauce that made it spicy. So, yeah, it was really Jerk good. Jerk sauce? Probably. I love it. It didn't me. mention any sauce on the menu. And then it came with the sauce, which is always a nice surprise for me. So, Jerk sauce is freaking amazing. I love it on everything. Especially when I'm well, down there in the islands and yeah, it kicks my ass every time, but that's okay. If I'm not sweating <laughs> while I'm eating it, then it didn't serve its purpose. So right. anyway, this is the Talking Pools podcast and I am Rudy Stankwitz, and I am here with my co-host, the Iguana Mama. <laughs> no, I'm Andrea. Andrea Nanini, that's me. <laughs> yes, Andrea Nanini. So that's, what do you, what have you been up to? How's your day gone? I have, haven't seen you in two days. Well, yeah. Yeah, no, everything's been good. Um, I So I'm just going to tell you real quick about this gigantic 175,000-gallon um, pool that's 14 feet deep. This is the um, residential one? Mm-hmm, yeah, this is the one with the VAC-DE filter. Okay. Um, So I tried brushing this monstrosity. I'm going to need a much longer pole than the one I already have, which is... It's already at three sections and I had the thing extended all the way out and it went all the way down, you know, the bottom of the, when it went down to the bottom, I was at the end of the pole, like standing there. So, um, and then it has this, um, like the stairs and then the stairs go down into a bench. I've, I've sent you pictures of it, Rudy, but the bench itself, the deepest point of the bench is like six feet deep. So it's not even like I can walk down the bench. Because I'm what really is the point in that bench? It's not (laughs) really a bench, it's a ledge, it's different. It's a fine ledge, whatever you want to call it. Well, a bench implies you'd be sitting on it, it's a shelf. Okay, I'll go with there. We go. So, wrong terminology. Anyway, the point of me telling you the story is that I can't get to the edge of that bench, ledge, whatever, 
and get the brush up against that. And so I went to the other side of the pool and I can see a whole section of where the brush missed. And it's very frustrating. How long is your pole? I don't know exactly, but it's longer than the normal pole, which is what, eight feet. And then it extends to 12 feet. So no. And this one has three sections. Eight foot extends to 16 foot. All right, whatever. Then you know what I meant? 16 so, to 24, <laughs> so 24 feet, and you can't reach the center. That's what you're saying? I can reach the center, but I oh. can't reach with that bench or fucking with, excuse me, with that, <laughs> with that ledge, I can't reach. Oh, because you can't get around it. I got it. A curved pole, over right? That if you had one curved, curved like the pole. snow shovels, right? Yeah, I want to get them like a robotic cleaner. An ergonomic telepole yeah something like that i love it so i had a pool once that was so it was a square but it was massive and i actually to reach the center with my hammerhead i drilled holes i took the handle off i drilled holes in it put another snap right spring in it and then i just extended it out so i had 32 feet of pole and that worked great well i know that i know well i know you can do that and i know that they have like you know, poles that are longer. It's just that they get really flimsy, especially like with the riptide on the end of it. And it's really hard to use. So they can. And especially if then if you go to use a net to scoop something mm. off the surface, forget about it. It's just not going to happen. Oh, yeah. So I don't want to make this one all about who's got the bigger pole. So <laughs> we have a guest. Yes, we certainly do. We have with us Kimberly. How's it going? Going well. Thank you. It's Kimberly Brown, correct? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Oh, I didn't Brown. see the last name on there. I'm sorry. You know her. Yeah. Stop it. Vision's blocked. I know, but I don't know her last. <laughs> it's Kimberly from down south. Yes. That's right. <laughs> so Kimberly owns the swimming pool service company in South Florida, more South Florida than you are. It doesn't mean she's better than you. That's fine. It's okay. <laughs> just, but it just means she, might, she could be a little bit more humidity than me. Yes. So, <laughs> you know, there's that. <laughs> and the name of her service company. Tell tell us who you're with. Uh, my company is Pool Mom. Pool yeah. Mom. Okay, I like it. Nice. I, I baby your pool. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. So, and you've been doing pool service for how long? Uh, about 25 years. Wow. So you yeah. got a lot of time under your belt. So we, Andrea awesome. and I often tell people and people ask us, we don't do a lot of interviews, right? We just don't. We'll do some for our sponsors. And then when we get up to the trade show season, we'll let everybody who has a trade show speak. But outside of that, we usually just talk amongst ourselves. And there's a lot of us and we have a lot of experience and there's a lot of things we've done. So mm -hmm. if we need somebody with expertise that we don't have, then of course we'll reach out. But with the eight of us right now, we have like three, 400 years of experience among our podcast hosts. But <laughs> Kimberly's here with us for a very special reason. So that's why I wanted to bring her on so we can talk about something. And it's not the easiest of subjects to talk about. In fact, when Kimberly Frost brought it to me and I said, well, why don't you come on and we can chat about it together? Her initial reaction was no. 
So <laughs> that's where we're at. Let's jump back for a minute. Let's go through the normal questions. Let's build to this point. How did you end up, Kimberly, operating a swimming pool service company? What sucked you into the industry? Well, um, uh, my first husband and I bought a route. And my father-in-law has been in the business for about 40 years. And he was a wealth of knowledge. And things didn't really work out. And I kind of inherited a pool route. (laughs) And... That was fine. My father-in-law taught me a lot about, uh, you know, opening filters and things like that. I had no clue what I was doing when I first got into the business. Um, And I was lucky enough to meet a great guy and he became my husband and helped me raise my kids. And he also had a swimming pool company. So it worked out really nice because the two of us had individual pool companies and we um, helped each other out in a lot of ways. He did a lot of my repairs and, uh, yeah. So I, I not only had my father-in-law, but I had, uh, my husband as well. So what was your background prior to coming into the swimming pool industry? Um, I went to school for education, so I have a bachelor's degree in education. So I've always been kind of a proponent for, you know, learning as much as I can about different subject matters. And obviously I'm in the pool service business. So that's been something I've liked to champion. And that's why I got involved with IPSA and, you know. Now you said that something had happened. Things were going well. Something happened. Can you share with us? Yeah. So, um, unfortunately, um, yeah, we everything was going great. We were running our businesses. And then all of a sudden, we got thrown like a curveball. And um, my husband was diagnosed with lung cancer, uh, stage four. Uh, it was also wow. non-smoking lung cancer. Mm-hmm. So he uh, lived a pretty healthy lifestyle aside from, um, yeah, like he didn't smoke, didn't drink, nothing. Um, and he was very active, played tennis. Uh, you know, very much a healthy person. Um, the only thing that, you know, that he did maybe then different than most people do. And what we all do here in the pool industry is worked with a lot of different chemicals. Um, there was no known cause for his lung cancer. And, uh, unfortunately I don't think we'll ever understand exactly what caused it. Um, but over the years, I've definitely attributed to some exposure And some of the environmental things we come into contact with in the pool service industry definitely can put us a little bit more at risk than some people. Have you since done research in this area? Um, Well, I did a ton of research when he was first diagnosed because my main thing was, well, I want to know how you got this, you know. Um, And there were many times over the years um, prior to that where like, He'd be opening a container, like transferring DE or, uh, you know, opening up a bucket of tablets that had gotten wet. And, you know, there's a giant plume of yellow gas that you have to run away from, you know, things like that. So part of my research was, yeah, it was it was not only in like environmental factors, because a lot I did do some research and I found out that most cancers, in fact, a lot of them aren't really 
genetically caused. A lot of them are environmental. Um, so yeah, that's uh, some of the research I did, as well as all of the warning labels on all the different products that we use in our industry, which many people don't ever look at. No, they don't. They're widely ignored. Now, of course, we're not saying that pool chemicals are 100% or have been identified as the cause of your husband's lung cancer. In fact, at this point, we do not know for sure what caused it. We're speculating. You feel strongly about this. And I can add to that, that it is a possibility. There is research that shows a significant risk of mortality from lung cancer increasing with cumulative exposure to silica dust. And of course, the outsides of the bags of DE, the DE itself, even the sand we use in sand filters. And this is one of the reasons why we're hoping to encourage people going forward and doing this episode to wear that N95 NIOSH mask when handling either of those materials. And we spoke about chlorine inhalation, that damp chlorine inside the bucket that was left in the yard or that the crack in the bucket. One of the things we have to understand about calcium hypochlorite or trichlor tablets is they immediately start to degrade as soon as they're manufactured. And if they get damp or moist, that expedites the process. So when you take the lid off of either bucket, you should make sure that you do this in an extremely well-ventilated area. You should make sure your face is not directly over the bucket. That way, in case there is anything built up in there, any type of gas that's waiting to come out, it doesn't hit you right in the face and inhale it right away. So with calcium hypochlorite, what makes up that gas would be mostly chlorine gas. That's what would be coming out of that bucket. With trichlor tabs, there's a whole lot more going on in there because of the cyanuric acid. And yes, you do get chlorine gas, but we also will see nitrogen trichloride as well as some other side complexes from the, from the degradation of the product. To look at this, to be fair to everything, anything that damages cells can lead to cancer. So that could be inhalation of chlorine gas. That could be inhalation of nitrogen trichloride. It could be inhalation of diatomaceous earth. It could also be burning the roof of your mouth on a slice of hot pizza. You'd get cancer in that area. In California, 
as you travel around from place to place. I don't know if any of you know this or not, but I have a coffee habit. You cannot find a coffee pot in a business where they sell like a convenience store or 7-Eleven or what have you that does not have a sign next to it that says this product has been known to cause cancer and it's not the coffee itself it's the fact that the coffee is hot and if you take a sip of coffee that's too hot it can burn your mouth damage the cells and then lead to cancer another thing that we face in the industry where we should take care of ourselves but we usually don't at least not well enough is exposure to UV, solar UV, the concern there being skin cancer. And again, works very much the same way. You get a bad sunburn, it damages the cells, and then you can end up with cancer. I've had two bouts. Each time it's been basal cell carcinoma, and they tell me that if you're going to get cancer, that's the kind to get. And my reaction has always been, well, fuck you, it's on me. I don't want it at all. But again, from damaging cells. So anything that damages your cells can lead to cancer. And that's why I'm not targeting cool chemicals here. However, they definitely can cause this to happen. So what we're trying to do in speaking with Kimberly here about the loss of her husband is to encourage folks to try to rule this one out, take it off the list, wear the personal protective equipment you're supposed to, cut down the exposure, limit it, limit the risk. It's your life. Rudy and Andrea will be right back with more Flock at Fridays after these messages. <laughs> Aquastar's new pipeline cartridge filters, available in two sizes, deliver top-notch hydraulic efficiency along with best-in-class filtration performance, approaching that of DE filters. Uniquely designed open pleat spacing means 100% of the media square footage is usable, and these claims are backed by NSF test results. Designed with a pro's time and comfort in mind, the patented double locking system improves safety and ease of access, making filter cleanings faster than ever before. Available now. Ask your supplier for pipeline filters today. Blu-ray XL is the power of minerals working for you. Reduce your overall chemical costs and labor up to 50% guaranteed. Whether you have 20 accounts or 20,000, Blu-ray XL's direct pricing and free shipping to the pool trade have you covered. Improving pool professionals' profit and work-life balance is what they do. Blu-ray XL, the real mineral purifier. Visit them at blu-rayxl.com. Blu-ray all day. Pool Magazine is the hottest new publication for the pool and spa industry. Featuring up-to-the-minute news on what's happening in the pool world in a fresh new stylized format with our mobile-friendly app. Pool Magazine is the app for keeping your fingers on the pulse of the pool industry. You'll find featured news, editorials, podcasts, videos, 
and more on the Pool Magazine app. Download on Google Play and the App Store. I teach the CPO classes. I also teach the AFO classes. And in both of those, there's a huge element of safety, personal protection. And up until COVID, when I would tell people that you need to wear a mask when you handle diatomaceous earth, you're supposed to. That's what the SDS sheets say. We know if you inhale silica, when you exhale, that doesn't necessarily come back out. And it could later on in life lead to problems such as silicosis of the lungs. And everybody would look at me like I had about five heads. And it actually came down to the point where I would put on full mop four PPE with the yellow. I looked, well, I was, I looked a lot like um, Walter White with the yellow suit, mm -hmm. the big mask and the gloves and stuff. And I would tell them, you know, if I can teach this entire section wearing this stuff, you can put on the mask to scoop out a few scoops of DE. Yeah. But again, I know once they left, it didn't happen. Then COVID happened. And now people feel less silly to wear a mask somewhere. So I'm hoping that actually does have a good effect on that. And people are more comfortable or more okay with wearing a mask because they don't look weird, if you will. But I would rather look weird than be sick. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. So I too have had the cracked bucket that you were unaware that it was cracked and you take the lid off of it. And all of a sudden you just cannot breathe. I've had it to the point where I've lost eyesight partially, severe head pain, pulmonary edema, all of those good things. Sadly, society doesn't know what to do in a lot of these cases. Of course, what you should do if you're ever exposed at that point is go to an emergency room. But even there, what likely is going to happen is, is they're going to give you stuff that makes you comfortable. They'll probably start you on bicarb because one of the things that happens when you inhale chlorine, did you yawn? Yeah, I'm tired. <laughs> right in the middle of that. This is a serious topic. I'm sorry. I'm counting it as an interruption. <laughs> Drink. All right. Well, here we go. But, sorry. Wow. <laughs> anyway. You were talking about bicarb, you know, <laughs> in the hospital, because when you inhale chlorine gas, one of the very first things that happens is it causes the pH of your blood to plummet, which begins mm. to then destroy vital organs. So they give you the bicarb to counter it the best they can. But I know calling poison control, they'll tell you, we'll just go stand in the shower for a little while. Because there's really not an answer. How do and they give you bicarb? Skip. Do you drink I, it? Do they I don't put know. it? <laughs> they inject it? I have no idea. Well, maybe you should get this info, you know, before you give out the info. You should un you should anticipate these kinds of questions. What are you on fucking crack today? Absolutely not. <laughs> I'm on cocoa bread. Why don't you Google it while we're sitting here talking? What do you think? And then oh, all you right. can share that wonderful info with everyone. And I'll all talk right, to Kimberly right. because she's being nice. BRB Googling it. I am nice AF. Mm, yeah. I hope you choke <laughs> on a bone. <laughs>
<gasps> anyway. <laughs> so. Rude. Do you have your suspicions or it's just the whole plethora or myriad of chemicals that we deal with that you suspect, Kimberly? Well, I yeah, like I said, I don't think you could ever pin it down to one thing that um, my husband was exposed to. But, you know, there were many times where he would cough for a long time after he would come into contact and, you know, I'd hear him coughing and, you know, that's never good. And that's happened to me too. I mean, there's been many times where I've had to like open that bucket and run away and (laughs) just run away. It's like Monty Python, run away. (laughs) You just got to get out of there. And Wow, um, you are you're dating yourself and and most of our audience is gonna go who? I am. That's okay. Uh, no, that's a fantastic anytime anyone mentions Monty Python, my day. For is you. Good. I yeah. think all yeah. young people should watch Monty Python too. So. My I've shown it to both of my children and they like it. So yeah. I would <laughs> like it. So I remember taking the lids off of buckets that had a quarter of inch of rainwater sitting on them in somebody's backyard. Right. I've also had an instance where I've lifted the top of a backpack that lid and it causes a gust and right up in your face. And then, of course, the state is still riddled with field built pump rooms, sumps that are below ground level, yeah. which is also a very, very scary place. So based off of his diagnosis and what was his diagnosis once again? He had non-small cell lung cancer and adenocarcinoma. Um, yeah. And again, by the time they find, like lung cancer is a tricky one. You don't really get over that too well. That's one of the no. deadliest cancers. Yes. Um, I believe it is the deadliest cancer. Um, and so once you're diagnosed with it, he was already stage four. He already had METs. So there wasn't much that he could do, but he fought really hard for almost a few years, almost three years. So, um, but yeah, like there's just so many things that, you know, we do in the pool industry. I mean, when we're pouring acid and it's raining or humid outside, we get like engulfed in those fumes of acid and all the reagents. And I mean, there's warning labels, like I said, on everything, but how many of us actually wear gloves every time we're testing or using DPD? Um, I, I don't, you know. Well, unfortunately, and it's, it's, it is extremely unfortunately that somebody has to have a wake up call in order for them to take things seriously. And that's the way we function. And it's very scary. It shouldn't be that way. And I can't honestly tell you that I religiously wore everything I was supposed to wear over the years that I've been in, because I haven't. I should have. And then, you know, you can only preach to the next generation. And of course, they're going to do what they're going to do. They're also only going to take it as seriously as they think you take it seriously, probably quite a bit less than that. It's kind of like a giant snowball running down a hill with no snow on it. It just constantly gets smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller. So by the time you get to the bottom of the pool, you know, those are your new hires. That's how much of the seriousness is left for them to take from where you started. So we have that as a concern. But yeah, it does. It takes a wake up call, somebody close before things start to happen. 
and it's scary. I mean, it's just human nature. It's like every one of those telephones or every person raising money for some illness, it's because it's affected somebody in their family and it's close to them. And there's nothing wrong with that. If it brings attention to it and people start looking at it differently as a major concern, then maybe things will change. Right. But but every chemical has an SDS sheet and every one tells you what you should wear. And I'm not going to ask if he wore this stuff. I'm going to assume like the rest of us, he knew about it, but didn't always. So let me ask you, do you wear it now? Uh, I do now, um, but I didn't early on because I really didn't know either. You know, I just <laughs> I would pull my shirt up over my face if I was having to scoop out DE or something like that. So um, but definitely now and I work with a lot of technicians that, you know, do work with my company and I'm always really on top of letting them know, you know, I'll read. I'll read the containers, you know, and I'll be like, hey, this does this just so that they're aware, you know, because nobody told me any of those things in the beginning. And I wish, you know, that we were a little bit more upfront with the new people coming into the industry, you know, an ounce of prevention's a pound of cure. So like, if you can prevent something, why wouldn't you try? You know, I mean. Do you think if you knew about it ahead of time that you would have wore the personal protective equipment? Well, like you said, it's hard because a lot of people, unless you actually have the personal experience of like losing somebody or getting sick, um, you know, sometimes if it's like acid gets on your skin, you're like aware, oh, that's a problem. I need to splash that with water, but you're breathing or you're touching things and they definitely have warning labels on them. So it's like you're doing yourself a favor in this business if you like read the the warning labels and can just start to take it a little bit more seriously because... Um, you know, there's enough environmental factors in this world that you're exposed to. So like you can, you can have like some insight with the warning labels in our business. So hopefully people will maybe hear this and think about that a little bit more. <laughs> Andrea, do you wear personal protective equipment when you're out in the field now? Me, me, me. Um, not typically. I do do the old uh, shirt over the nose when I was dealing with um, DE powder. So that's bad. And I did have an incident where I got kind of careless with a acid jug and um, almost gassed everyone out at the chlorine pump. So whoopsies. Yeah. But to your point about like reading warning labels and stuff, I think that's a really good um, that's a really good start. I'm pretty good about reading labels just to see what the chemicals are. Um, so I should make that a habit as well. And, you know, this that's why we were talking at the show when we were talking about uh, this subject was people getting lazy about, you know, taking certain things for granted and stuff. And so that's why we're talking about it now to kind of just bring that back to the forefront because it is really important to um, think about and to take care of yourself, you know. Yeah, a lot of our shows are fun and we joke around and, and we have mm -hmm. a good time where we get, but we also get information out. That doesn't mean there, I mean, there is serious information like this also. And I don't want anybody else to have to learn by having a hit close to them to the wake up call, you know? So if we can get that message out there before that, 
every chemical has an SDS sheet. Every chemical. And every and SDS. You can Google them all. You just Google the chemical and then SDS afterwards, and you have all that info. And every one lists the personal protective equipment that you should wear while handling that chemical. And the beauty of this is, especially if you're a business owner, there's five basic pieces of personal protective equipment. And every SDS only recommends either a handful or the full gamut of those five. So it's not like you have to purchase 30 different things. You just have to have enough of those five for each member of your team. Right? So we'll go yeah. through liquid impervious gloves, chemical splash goggles, make sure they're splash goggles because they are different than regular goggles. And 95 NIOSH mask, right? Those should be easy to get now, right? Right. They should. <laughs> so you can go then with uh, the smock or the full outfit. You can also get the chemical mask as well. The, you know, like a minor helmet type of thing. So, but those are the pieces that they, so as a business owner now, you have your crew, you send them out there. They all have personal protective equipment on their vehicles, correct? Yeah, they do. Most of them just do it because that's what they feel strongly about for taking care of themselves. So how do you make sure that they're doing it out in the field when you're not there? Um, that's a really good question. I can't speak to that because I'm not there. It really comes down to a personal choice. I mean, we're all free to make that choice for ourselves when we're out in the field. Now, if they were employees, I'm sure I would have much more say in that. <laughs> Aren't they employees? No, subcontractors. Oh, okay. I gotcha. Yeah. So. It's a little different down here. So all of your techs are subcontractors? Right. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, you see a lot more of that. I believe in South Florida, there's a lot more independent contractors. There's are, some companies that do that here. Are you actually out in the field a lot? Do you have your own route on top of this? I do not anymore. I just uh, I I just don't have the time to be all of those roles. So I like to go out and I like to monitor kind of and check in with my customers and make sure everything's yeah. good. Um, but I'm not out there every day anymore. So yeah, <laughs> I just don't have the time. But I do no, like no, to understood. get out there. Yeah, like I do. I do like to get out there as much as possible, though, because. Um, I also believe not only in just us protecting ourselves in the pool industry, but also protecting our customers and making sure their pools are, you know, healthy and safe to swim in. Sounds so. like you got to a good point. So I'm going to jump back to your research yeah. here for just a second. Is there one chemical that sticks out in your mind as the villain? Well, I'm going to say the DE, but I know we're moving away from that in the industry now. So I'm like, I'm really happy to see that. But it's it's it wasn't just the DE. It was also the chlorine gas because uh, that's pretty heavy. It's like two and a half times, you know, air. So it weighs down and it just kind of sits there in those buckets. So that's definitely another one that I'm sure is not really helping anybody's lungs. One of the things we deal with is trihalomethane which is chloroform, which is a carcinogen. 
there are different things from other chemicals that can also end up. I mean, you've seen, I've done demonstrations with chemical reactions even. Sometimes it's not the chemical alone. It's a reaction with another chemical. And we don't always have to realize it's happening. It doesn't always have to be an explosion. It doesn't always have to be a fire for there to be a reaction like that wet bucket of chlorine tablets. We know when you take the lid off, it's going to knock you on your ass. And that doesn't even happen right away either. That's like you look in it. Oh, God. And yeah, that happened to me recently with Cal Hypo, actually. I do a demo in class where I mix calcium chloride with sodium bicarbonate together and nothing occurs until it gets a little bit wet and once it gets wet the reaction produces four different things a couple of them you don't notice some of them you can i do it in a large gallon ziploc bag and i squish out all the air and in that reaction we get a little bit of water a little bit of salt you'll get a ton of carbon dioxide and then you also get a ton of calcium carbonate and if you have ever had anybody add bicarb too close to a dose of calcium chloride we know it turns the pool milky white for several days at least until the filter filters it out that's because it's caused a reaction between those two chemicals but it's not limited to just the safe ones that i use in the demoing class these things can happen in your storage areas you got to pay particular attention there in how you store your products you never want to store acid products especially once that get hot especially ones that get hot correct so but you never want to store acid next to any type of chlorine you never want to store chlorine next to any other type of chlorine it's never a good combination you want to make sure that there are no liquids above your dry chemicals that's part of the reason for that bucket of that wet bucket outside with the water on the lid it's not that water even got in the bucket those lids allow gas to pass through because chlorine gas is off so do they allow moisture to pass in at a minimum that quarter inch of water is sealing that lid so the gas can't get out make sense yeah. So we also never want liquids above them for those reasons. And we also want to stack our chemicals as far apart as the stacks are high. So that way, if one stack tumbles, it doesn't cause a domino effect. So the best thing to do, probably, if you do have a lot of chemical on hand, is to store an inert chemical in between those that would react with one another. And then still, you have handling precautions. Because, Kimberly, you were talking about the DE. Have you ever seen a clean bag of DE in your life? No. So <laughs> even if you're carrying a sealed bag, you're still an inhalation risk. Right. Right. It's the way the product arrives. How scary is that? Yeah. So this bag comes in crap coated in crap that can screw up your lungs just the way it arrives yeah not good <laughs> and so problem, everybody that even even the people that are putting the like on the trucks and stuff everybody needs to be wearing a mask with the de everybody 
Now, one of the other problems is that chlorine is one of those things where you can develop olfactory fatigue when dealing with, which means you basically, you become nose blind to it. You don't smell it anymore. That's so true. We, we end up in more precarious situations than normal people would because you might be in that pump room working on something where somebody who's never around chlorine comes by and, and they're like, oh, how can you even be down there? It's, it reeks of chlorine and you don't smell anything. I mean, you know this because when you go out and about your day, you'll occasionally stop in somewhere and somebody will comment. They have to. They comment everywhere. Oh, yeah, you, are, you totally. What you've been bleaching, you smell like a pool or something along those yeah. lines. <laughs> and it's, but you don't notice it. No, you don't notice it at all. You come in the end of the day and you reek like chlorine and everybody uh -huh. around you can smell it, but you're just immune. It's like a, a cigarette smoker with cigarette smoke on their person. They don't know that it's there. And so that said, can you imagine how high a level of chlorine you could have been standing in and not notice it? I don't know the number. I know I've been in a lot of pump rooms that were below ground. Those Hannibal Lecter types where I'm waiting for somebody to lower down the lotion. But <laughs> I can't <t> delayed reaction, but I can't tell you. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> it puts the chlorine in the pool. Or oh, my God. <laughs> but the point I, is I was thinking that I know I've spilled enough chlorine trying to fill chlorine tanks and in enclosed rooms. And it was, you know, well, it's scary because it didn't the point bother is, me. It's like we're supposed to be the experts. We're the pros. We look out for things, but it's undetectable. And it's even more stealth to us because we deal with it everywhere, right? The route person handles chlorine at every single stop. So how much more of an immunity to that odor are you going to have than somebody who does not? A lot. I had somebody, when COVID first hit, call me at night because they had this great idea. What we should tell the nation to do, this is the nation, not just pool people, everybody in the world, we should come out and make a statement that everybody in the world should take a five-gallon bucket, fill it with water, leave it at their front door, and drop chlorine tablets in it out in the and leave it outside so that way when guests came they could stick their hands in it sanitize and walk in wow <laughs> i see so many things that can go wrong with that we just leave chlorine tablets out in the front yard for people to play with mess with whatever i mean there's a lot of danger associated in what we do and this is one of the big reasons and i mean part of our role is safety but it gets super scary so how how long ago did he pass kimberly uh, it's almost eight years now. Yeah. So, and, you know, obviously there's not a day that I don't think about them. So it's, you know, when I'm around people in this business, it's definitely something I think about, especially this uh, last weekend at the show and um, looking at all the new products and everything that are there and um, just knowing that a lot of that stuff, you know, we just need to be aware of what we're working with. That's all. I mean, obviously this is a great business and we do 
make it so that people can enjoy their life and swim in their pools. And so, you know, I'm not trying to be like a downer here, but at the same time, it's just really good to be aware. Uh, because if you can prevent something that just by taking a little bit of extra caution and having an understanding of it, it's worth it. So I agree with you a hundred percent. I don't think you're a downer. Otherwise, you know, that's not the Definitely reason for not. you being here. You have an important message and people need to hear it because it does affect them. And anybody who dropped off in this episode because they weren't into this episode, well, that's on them. I hope you guys stayed and listened because the reason we're doing this is because we're worried about your health. We want to make sure that you wear the mask. We want to make sure that you, the listener, wears the gloves and the different personal protective equipment that you should be when you handle each of these different chemicals, because we'd like to have you around. I have a question real quick. Um, I want to know the answer the, to the bicarb thing that you shut me down on. Did you find it? <laughs> yes. But let me ask this question first, which you just now made me forget. Oh, does the N95 mask, does that protect against chlorine, ma uh, chlor chlorine mask, chlorine gas? Or do you no. need like a, I didn't think so. There's my cat. Thank you. The heat one in heat. Yeah, she's not in heat anymore. That's now she's just being annoying. Okay. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. <laughs> Oops. Okay. Um, it says that they give you a nebulized bicarb treatment. So you inhale it the same way the chlorine went in. Yes. Okay. Um, but it didn't say that your blood drops in pH. It basically says that your airways drop in pH. Like it there that's the acidity. Well, I may because you breathed it in than WebMD. It's possible. Well, whatever. Okay. No, it's not. Definitely not. <laughs> it's really hard to take you seriously, by the way, with the sunlight shining on your face like that. <laughs> it kind of looks like clown makeup. Oh, clown makeup. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Like the Joker. Well, kind of. So I know how WebMD works now because when I said pool Mageddon, they were one of the people who contacted me. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, there was an article on WebMD based off of that interview. So they just call people. It's like Wikipedia, but <laughs> by invite only. Right. Well, this is this info came from clinicaltrials.gov. Um, what the hell the, do they know? And the National Library of Medicine. So I'll just have you know that. Okay. It's scary stuff. What people have it to is. remember, you know, we talk about chlorine and we handle it and people have to remember that chlorine was actually the first chemical used in modern chemical warfare. The German soldiers in World War I used it on the French armies. It was really the first weapon of mass destruction. And it was only a few years ago when that person in Syria gassed his own people and what he gassed them with was chlorine gas now there is some confusion out there about what you get when you mix chlorine and acid because when you mix chlorine and acid what you get is chlorine gas in order for gas. you to have mustard gas <laughs> you also have to have a bit of sulfur in there ah uh. 
So it is a different chemical. So actually what they did was they took chlorine gas and through experimentation, they made it worse. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. There were stories of my late husband when he was, because he started cleaning pools when he was a teenager. So, you know, about him mixing chlorine and acid and not knowing that it was going to have a reaction and breathing that in. And that was bad too. Oh, wow. Yeah. Some people don't because they're not taught correctly. And maybe the person who's running the place doesn't have the education. That's why we push for standardized education across the industry, not necessarily a standardized protocol of care, but I think everybody should have the same foundation coming in. Um, Nobody should ever just wake up and decide they're a pool person and run with it. I know of a pool company that had one of their employees arranging a the chemical storage area. And this dude was like, I don't even know. I I don't think he had worked in the industry like at all. I think he just got the job as like an admin position and then was just like doing whatever to help out. And I was like, I was watching what he was doing. I'm like, man, you need to make sure that you don't put this stuff too close. They gave him the job and didn't even tell him like, be careful. Don't put these chemicals too close to each other and stuff like that. So to your point, you know, people just overnight deciding that they're going to do this, you know, there's a lot to consider Um, and train people, train your people on these chemicals if you're going to let them handle them. So Kimberly, tell me your reaction to the different YouTube videos you see of kids doing this stuff in driveways with plastic bottles and all that stuff. I mean, you must have seen them. A lot of them go viral. Yeah, that's crazy. Um, (laughs) I just, yeah. I I don't really have any words to describe that. (laughs) I mean, I don't know where their parents are, but (laughs) I think YouTube probably I haven't seen a certain you because they're your videos. I think YouTube has a certain obligation (laughs) to shut those things down. If somebody could get killed, because a lot of little kids just watch. I mean, four year olds, five year olds just zone out on YouTube nowadays. It's the new form of parenting. Here's a phone. Yeah. Sadly. That's sad. So, but it is a tough, it is a tough subject to talk about. So there's, you know, there's, there's questions you want to ask and and stuff and it gets really hard. So I imagine that first year was probably the worst. Um, It's interesting to me that you blame DE above chlorine. I would have thought you would have went the other way. But then, you know, there's a whole slew of other chemicals that we carry as well that can cause all kinds of problems. A friend of mine was telling me today he knows a guy who wears gloves just to mix the A plus B, you know, or whatever epoxy you're using, you know. And I, I honestly can say I never really considered doing that i've done it many times just Mm -hmm. with my hands yeah so yeah there's just a lot of things that still go unnoticed when it comes to safety if there's something that we didn't cover today that you have a message that you really want to get out to everybody that you want to say to folks i mean the floor is yours what what do you want people to know Um, I I think what I want people to know the most is just, you know, to be aware of what you're working with and, and, um, get educated, you know, get 
just understand a little bit more about what you're working with, not only for yourself, but for the people that you're taking care of their pools. Um, we do work with so many chemicals. So that that's just really important. Education makes a huge difference in what can be prevented. So, And just to help everyone that's listening, I'm going to ask, how old was your husband when he passed? He was 45. 45. Yeah, yeah. I know some of our listeners are looking at that as oh, that's you know quite a few years from now, but I'm that I have that long ago in the rearview mirror. Yeah, not me. Um, <clears throat> yeah, <laughs> so all right, everybody. So it was a you know. It's one of the, it's a mellow episode. I get it. It's kind of, it does bring you down a little bit, but you know what? Reality is important. And that's what we promise you here. Real talk. And real talk isn't always happy. There's a lot of sad right. things. There's a lot of dangerous things. And I tell folks all the time that, and people are not aware of it always, but there are lives at stake in what we do including our own. Absolutely. Kimberly, thanks for coming on with us again. It's Kimberly Brown. And what was the name of the pool service company again? Mom. It's pool mom. Pool mom. Um, thank pool you guys mom. for having me. I really appreciate it. And just the chance to talk about, you know, no, thank you. Thank you for yourself. sharing. We appreciate you very, very much. Yes. And everybody listening, you know, pay attention to what was said. Share this episode with your team. We don't want to lose. Don't any just of you blow guys. it off. Yeah, don't just blow us off. Like, oh yeah, whatever. You know, I'll be fine. I'll be safe. You know, because it it might not turn out that way. So just be careful. Till next week, I'm Rudy Stankowitz. This has been the Talking Pools podcast, and you guys be good, be safe. And I'm Andrea signing out and uh, check out our other, our other shows um, and, you know, still still the old like and review and and tell your friends about us and everything. I'm still working on a catchphrase, so I'm out. <laughs> I think it should be I'll be there in four hours. <laughs> you are so rude. <laughs>